I believe that's why we're here. I hope that's why we're here. Because we are conscious that we are in a process of evolution. That we are individually in our own process of spiritual evolution. We are um, physically in the process of evolution on this planet. And we are spiritually as a single organism on this planet in the process of evolving. Those of us who are aware that we are in the process are on the growing edge, on the leading edge of that. But we cannot grow until everyone does. And so, it is so important that we all do our part. And I've been thinking about this all week, as most of you know, yesterday was my mother's memorial service. So today is my first Mother's Day, where I do not have a mother on this earth. And that's been very present with me as I try to write a Mother's Day sermon this week. And what I realize is the truth that I know, which is that I miss my mom, my mommy, I never called her mom one day in my life. I called her mommy. Sometimes in public, I would say, mother. Yes. <laughs> when a 50-some-odd-year-old woman <laughs> yells, mommy, people might have <laughs> but, but that's what I But that's what I called her. And, and she is here. Everything she ever gave me is right here. It's right here with me. That's true for all of you, whether your mother is still alive or not. And that means everything. That means the things that she gave you that you labeled as good, that you can see clearly how they helped you grow into who you are and to the things you like about yourself, awesome. That is true. It also means that everything she ever gave you that you didn't really like much, that you did not judge as good or true or, or good for your growth, that were hurtful or harmful, still contributed to who you are right now. Every single thing my mother ever gave me or chose not to give me is with me right now. And I'm grateful for all of it. And I think we have a tendency to decide what we want and what's good. And to either go to war with the rest of it or to do our best to ignore the rest of it because it hurts too much. And I'm going to say something. There is in oneness, and we talk a lot about oneness here, we're the church of one love. Oneness contains nothing unlike itself. that sit with you for a minute. Oneness contains nothing unlike itself. It's all one. So labeling good or bad and going to war or ignoring not only doesn't help, it delays our evolution, I believe. And we as a country for sure, as a culture, and the whole world as a globe, less so in some cultures than others, we have been very much in that warlike state of mind. 
in that mind of lack, in that mind that says, if you have something, that must mean that there's less for me. So if I feel lacking in something, the only way for me to get it is to get it from you. And ladies and gentlemen, that's war. That's nation against nation. That's war. Not, I'm not just talking about gun war. I'm talking about trade war. I'm talking about cultural war. I'm talking about the war of words. I'm talking about the war of labels. I'm talking about the war of simply taking what we want and thinking no one else matters. All of those kinds of things are very warlike. And all of those, not labeling them as bad, but as grossly out of balance with the feminine energy which says there is plenty. There is plenty. A mother having more children does not mean she has less love for each one. That's not the way love works. A planet having more children does not have to mean that there's less for each child. It does mean that when the children aren't aware of this truth, they fight and make fools of themselves and create unnecessarily, unnecessary harm in the world. And so I was just thinking about this. I know a lot of the times we want to ignore things like the James Taylor song, you know? It just feels like, what are we doing all this rushing around for? It's when you stand back from it and look at it, it looks kind of silly, but at the same time, well, I got a bill to pay. I got to get in my car and be one of those fish because I got to get to work because I got to get my paycheck because I got to pay the bills. And I'm not telling you that you don't have to do that. We live in the culture we live in. We live in the world we live in. But when we do it unconsciously, we perpetuate the things that are not helpful. And any tiny little thing we do consciously, consciously, can help perpetuate the cure for these things. And the cure, in today's sermon anyway, is balance. And it's not something new, it's not something new agey. Woo, I'm singing all these songs with drums in them. It's not a new age thing, it's old, 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 old. The oldest recorded religion is Hinduism. And in the very beginning of Hinduism, there was Brahman and there was Saraswati. There, it was, they knew from the very beginning Brahman was great, but Brahman could do nothing until the feminine energy came and made everything happen. Brahman was like the idea. And then the feminine energy came and brought everything into form. It's not that one is better than the other. If we had all feminine energy, that wouldn't work either. It's a balance. That's what Tao means, the way. That's what Buddha was talking about, the middle way. It's this and that. It's not taking any part of ourselves and making it unacceptable. It's about love. And ideally, that's what a mother's love is, is that it sees the absolute truth about you, doesn't tell any lies, like, oh, she's not that bad. Well, yeah, she really is that. But I love her anyway. That's true mother love. Maybe you could turn this down just a little bit, because I don't really, y'all like hearing me breathe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
So when I talk about masculine and feminine energy, that it can sound kind of woo, but, woo, but what I'm talking about is the masculine which, which pushes, perhaps, or chases, is balanced by the feminine which simply attracts or beckons. Sometimes you have to chase. Sometimes you can sit back and invite. The power that we need in order to accomplish things can be overpowering. The feminine aspect of that is to be enveloping, to surround. The masculine is about knowledge. It's about learning. It assembles facts. We need facts or else we're not working with truth. But truth is not facts. Truth is facts plus what we know to be true, our intuition, our knowledge, our kinetic, our bodily knowledge, the knowledge that we receive simply from being who we are, from absorbing what it's like to be us, embodied, spirits in bodies, spirits in bodies. Masculine means sometimes we need to stand firm, not be a pushover. No, I'm not moving from this spot. But it also means being able to yield and be flexible when it's time. When it's time. It's about doing and it's about allowing. If we only allow, we might not get a lot done. If we only do, how much are we missing? How many people are we missing? How many ideas are we missing? How many creative thoughts are we missing? Because we're do, 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 doing. And our culture tells us to do that. There's a time for directing and for driving. And there's a time for surrendering and accepting. There is ebb and there is flow. One does not exist without the other. But we as a culture and a lot as human beings have been in a drive, stand, push, flow so that we've forgotten what it is to allow that feminine energy to do its thing. Because I promise you, and I know as an artist, and, and when I say artist, I mean you are all artists. We are all artists because we're all creating our lives. Right? If you are an artist, working, 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 working is not the way to make your art happen. Allowing. Sometimes the only way I can get to this is by looking over there. <laughs> That make sense? Sometimes I have to stop altogether and allow the creativity to flow through me, understanding it's not just me, it's whatever it is in me that, oh, that, is, that gets to intuit all that is, that is a part of this oneness that we talk about, that contains everything. Creativity often must be followed up by perspiration to make it come to life. But perspiration alone does not create. Creativity is divine idea put into motion. And so we have to allow the idea. We make space for the idea. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> I'm making space for something to happen that may not be driven by my conscious mind. My friend David Roth has a song that I think he kind of wrote for his wife because he's a full-time songwriter and she goes out of the home and works very hard with her body. She's a massage therapist. And she has this thing like, what have you been doing all day? He's like, I've been thinking. 
<laughs> I'm thinking. But you know what? If you're going to be a full-time songwriter, you've got to spend a lot of time thinking. You do. And not thinking as in, I'm going to make this happen, because I can tell you as a songwriter that it doesn't work that way, but thinking as in, hmm, I'm just going to see what comes. I'm going to allow. And then sometimes I allow, and then I go, ah, that. And then I work really hard. And sometimes it comes to fruition, and sometimes it doesn't. This is true of whether you're a carpenter, or you are um, running a business, or it just, everything that we do in life has an element of creativity in it, which we can run roughshod over and ignore, or we can allow divine flow, which makes everything easier and more beautiful in my experience. And that's divine energy. That's the mother energy. And so in our culture, we want to solve problems. We tend to force solutions. We want to make things better. We want to make them bigger. We want to fight with something. We built a house. It got knocked down by an earthquake. Let's build a stronger house. Maybe. And there's ingenuity in that, and there's creativity in that. But the other possibility is maybe we find where the fault line is, and we don't build our house there. You know? Fires come. Fight them. Fight them. Pour water on them. Guess what? Some fires are man-made, but fires happen in nature and have for eons and eons and eons. It's nature's way of cleaning itself out, of starting over again. It's like the mountains are saying, I'm doing a cleanse. <laughs> Sorry you built a house there. <laughs> this just happened to be where I was doing my cleanse. So I'm not saying either or. I'm not saying one is wrong or one is better, but there's got to be room for both. We can't keep forcing ourselves to have it exactly the way we want and then going to war with whatever makes it not the way we want. And that works globally and it works personally as well. You know, sometimes in a relationship, it's time to work and work and work and fight and do your best to make it happen. And sometimes in a relationship, it's best to sit and listen and watch and learn and get rid of your idea of what it's supposed to be and allow yourself to see more clearly what it is. And then from that space, you get to go, oh, I see. Sometimes what I see is, this isn't actually a relationship. This is me pushing and pulling. <laughs> someone else just doing their thing. <laughs> so maybe it's not that the relationship is, is not working. Maybe I am not paying attention to what needs to happen here. Sometimes it's I'm listening to the relationship and I'm seeing that I'm talking too much and listening too little. Or the opposite. I am waiting too much and waiting for the other person to do something when I'm not allowed to risk. But all of that comes from this divine feminine place of stopping and resting and listening and paying attention. If we just start our to-do list and hammer down it no matter what, there's so much that we miss. And what the Divine Mother would say to us, what our Earth Mother would say to us, what our, the best part of our earthly mother, whoever that is, however you have judged her, the best part of her would say to you, I want what's best for you, and what's best for you is a balance between giving and taking, between pushing and pulling, between making and allowing, between working and resting. 
And we talk more about the divine feminine in settings like these because we are pretty immersed in the masculine right now. And it's not wrong. It's just out of balance. Oneness contains nothing unlike itself. There's nothing that's wrong. But how can we come to balance to it? So, so my question to myself this week was, okay, I know I have a grasp on what the divine feminine is. What's important about that? What's important about that to me is that I need to connect with that. I can know what the divine feminine is all day long. I can diagnose it as a metaphysician. I can say, but I need to connect with it. I need to connect with that in myself. One way of connecting is finding images that help. If you're that kind of person, if you need a visual, if you need something to touch, Kuan Yin or Mother Mary, there's a reason that those statues and those images are so treasured by so many. It's because they represent that eternally giving, caring spirit. I think one of the reasons that Jesus' idea took flight, right? This is a guy whose ministry lasted three years, who died in <laughs> a nominee, and yet we're still talking about him. Two, more than 2,000 years later, and I think part of that was that there was so much feminine energy there. The people who followed him at the beginning really wanted him to bring a sword and take over the Roman Empire and force the world to do the right thing. How much luck have we had with forcing each other to do the right thing? And what Jesus said over and over again is, listen, there's really only right thing. One right thing. If you stop and listen, there's one right thing, and that's love. Now, that may express in different ways at different times. But if you start with love, then you can't do the wrong thing. And one of the reasons Jesus is so treasured is because he had a mother. We all know what it is to have a mother. And one of the reasons Mary is so treasured is because she was a mother who lost something precious. We know as humans what that feels like, whether or not we've lost a child. We've all experienced loss, and so we feel that connection. We feel that. We feel that, and we want it, and we identify with it. And what's happened, I think, in Christianity is that we decided to make Jesus a superpower. If he's a superhero, if he does not really like us, then we don't have any challenge to try to be like him. We don't have the challenge to actually be loving as we go out into the world. We don't have to be the ones to say, listen, I didn't come to cut anything down. I came to stand here in love. And you can get to take it or leave it, which is basically what he said over and over again. He did say, I, did, I came to bring a sword. But what he meant was, I came to bring a sword to, to say, what has gone on before is not working. I'm not, I didn't come to make you feel better about things going on as they are. I came to make you stop and take a look and make a different decision. Like the song we sing at the end of every service, love is my decision. That is my hope every day, is that the decisions I make are made in love. That's the divine feminine. So how do we connect? It doesn't matter. Find a way. Relationship is a wonderful way to connect with divine mother. And that means relationship with anybody. With your cat, with your spouse, with your child, with your neighbor, 
And something I've been trying lately, which is really cool, and I'm not going to say I'm a genius at this and I'm all evolved, but I've been doing it for a week, every day. And I knew this. I knew this from my studies of, of um, indigenous religions, how important this is, and yet I've lost it. I walk around in my shoes and spend a great deal of time indoors. And even when I am outdoors, I'm wearing my rubber-soled shoes. There's a lot of science right now backing up earthing or grounding that we're actually, when we cut ourselves off from the energy that the earth is trying to give us by putting barriers between ourselves and it, that we suffer because of it. So I've been going out every morning and sitting either on the ground or in a chair with my bare feet on the ground and just allowing myself, you know, it, it, the science behind it is cool, you can look it up. But that's not what's so important to me. What's important to me is I'm doing this prayer time, which I always do in the morning, but I'm not doing it isolated from that about which and for which I'm praying. I'm doing it in and of that. Does that make sense? It's just an idea. It's something that I chose to do this week and hopefully will continue doing. Because, you know, I like to find something that really works and makes me feel good and then forget about it and stop doing it. I don't know about you. But this is something that I plan to, you know, to keep, to keep doing because it reminds me that I am connected. It reminds me that I'm not other than the earth and that the earth is not my enemy. And I got to tell you, as a wimp living in Texas a good deal of my life, I feel like the victim of Mother Earth from about mid-July through somewhere around in December. It's out to get me. The bugs are killing me. The sun is killing me. I can't breathe. I'm too hot. Poor me. Okay, I'm not saying I would become a lover of heat. We may find that to be true or not. But I know that I do not serve myself when I start to make Mother Nature my enemy. Instead of trying to find ways to make Mother Nature my friend. And so if that means I have to do it at 6 o'clock in the morning so I don't have to face the heat, then that's fine. I can do that. And I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you, find what connects you. What connects you? Is it study of the Tao? Is it holding the hand of a friend? Is it going to a place where there are elderly people and letting them know that they are seen? Is it sitting someplace and allowing yourself to be truly seen without all your defenses? Is it Jesus? Is it Mary? Is it Buddha? Is it insight meditation? Is it a combination of a lot of these things? It doesn't matter what it is. It matters that the connection is made. And the only way for you to find how your connection is made is to stop for a minute and listen and allow. And instead of solving the problem, ask the question and sit in it and see what happens. I promise you, if you let it happen, you will get mothered.